Hey guys, it's Laura Giles, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Thanks for joining me today. The world is still under the grips of the coronavirus, and one of the things I was asked this week was which technique does a person use to know the future? If you're looking around you, you're going to see some people reach for food for comfort right now. Some are shopping. Some are using drugs or alcohol to numb themselves, and some use sex. It's a hard time because we can't use working out at the gym or being a workaholic to escape our lives anymore. We actually have to live in them. So lots of us are searching for something to help us get back to normal. And some do that by using knowledge. And that's going to be our focus for today's show. At the end, I'll give you a practice that anyone can use for divining the future without a whole lot of technique or learning curve. Two things first, though. One, let's not go back to normal when this is over. There's a lot in our lives in this world that can change for the better. So we're at a place of disintegration. Let's let it disintegrate so that we can rise from the ashes and do do it better. Okay? Let this be the catalyst to eat better, to use our time more wisely, to get in touch with nature and the earth, to be healthier, wiser, and more appreciative of our elders and just love each other more, eh? You know, think about it. The other thing is Um, The same thing we do every week before delving into our topic. Let's acknowledge our oldest ancestors, the elements. Acknowledge the element of earth and thank you for bringing our attention to the earth beneath us, our bodies, our physicality and sensuality and how we move in our lives. I thank you for inspiring many of us to contemplate our relationship with the earth and each other at this time and for helping us to make permanent changes to keep that awareness and desire in the forefront of our minds. I acknowledge and give gratitude to the air for our intelligence and innovation. May we find creative solutions to the problems and anxieties that we face that help us get through this time with hope and kindness. I also thank the air for reminding us to breathe. Breath is life. When things get tense, it's always good to remember to pause and breathe. I acknowledge the element of fire and give gratitude for our ability to follow through with common sense actions that will help us to keep Um, living life in a meaningful way while all this plays out. I see so many stories of people and helping people in big and small ways. I acknowledge and give gratitude for water for reminding us to flow and not get frozen in fear. Life keeps moving and so must we. One of the best ways to not get stuck is to keep moving. So just do something. I give gratitude to all of you for tuning in telling others, and for sending us your support. We rely on your emotional and financial support to be here. So thanks for every like, share, and social media comment. If you'd like to donate, please hit the button on our website at www.pantsociety.net or from the Podbean app. Thank you. Okay, so divination methods, knowledge, wisdom, all of that. Um, You know, things we don't know. How do we get that? Um, That's what we're talking about today. So do you have a favorite method? I suppose that whichever one you use is the one that's probably more reliable for whatever you need to know if you're the reader. Anything can be a useful tool if it's in the hands of a skilled person because everything has energy. Everything has patterns. You can read the clouds if you're skilled enough and that's a real thing. It's called aromancy. If we're talking about anything in the atmosphere not just the clouds or Nephilomancy, if we're talking about clouds. Ancient Celts and Greeks did this type of divination by looking at cloud shapes, colors, position in the sky, and movement. This is obviously something that's not very widespread now, 
but everything can be learned. So if it intrigues you, by all means, check it out. In ancient Rome, one way to predict the future was with augury, or looking for omens, or the will of gods by watching birds. This is how Romulus and Remus decided where to situate their new city of Rome. We hear lots of people say when they see an owl or a wolf, it's a sign. It's the same type of thing. Different symbols mean different things to different people. Maybe it's one sign that stands out, or sometimes it's a whole bunch of signs that can be read together, like tarot or oracle cards. I think oracle cards are a recent invention. They're much easier to read and usually have keywords on them so that you don't even have to be able to read symbols, no numerology, or have any knowledge of how one thing relates to another. It's pretty intuitive. You just formulate your questions, then pick one to five cards to find the answers. I think the accuracy depends on how well you formulate the question. A how or what question works a lot better than a yes or no and can give you more ways to exercise your free will. You know, asking an oracle isn't about finding your fate. It's more about what energies are in play, what's stronger, and using that to figure out how to best play your hand. So it's not like uh, your fate is set in stone and you're going to find it out. It's like what's happening right now and how can I use this to make my next move. For example, we use goddess guidance cards by Doreen Virtue during our moon circles. We can ask something like, what goddess energy is strongest in me this month? If I pick Ostara, the card says fertility. It's the perfect time for you to start new projects, access new ideas, and give birth to new conditions. Okay, that's perfect. It's spring. You know, the coronavirus has things slowed way down, so I have more time to develop new things. I have lots of inspiration and turmoil is the mother of invention. So it all makes sense. Do you see? Short and sweet. If I ask which goddess energy do I need to be wary of this month and I get Freya, her card says, bold, unleash your adventurous side, take risks and be daring. And that gives me a little more boundaries, doesn't it? So together they're telling me to start, begin, get going, but maybe grow slowly or be patient. Don't rush out in a big way. You get the hang of it? There's a lot of leeway in those interpretations, so your life is still your own. It just takes into consideration what energy is in play and helps you to flow with it. As I said before, any type of work can work, can work well in the hands of someone who has a relationship with it and is very skilled. And I think anyone with no skills at all can at least get a little guidance with most oracle decks. Some are not very well designed or just may not resonate with you. But overall, oracle cards are good for a general overview of any situation. You can also pick your deck by keeping in mind what you want to use it for. I generally use oracle decks for finding out the overall energy of something. I have two archetype decks in this goddess deck that I use in the same way. It's like if I'm wanting a helper or to know what's blocking me, I might use these decks. So let's look at playing cards or Lenormand, which are quite similar. These are going to give you more detail than oracle cards. They're great for day-to-day -day life type of questions, like jobs, relationships, family, moves, and that sort of thing. As before, the more contained your question is, the more useful your answer can be. It helps to know about the elements and numerology with both of these. That's going to give you a huge leg up and help you with fleshing out your interpretations. Okay, so let's ask a coronavirus question so you can see the Lenormand at play. Remember, we probably do best with a how or what question, but with Lenormand, you can ask time questions too. You can ask yes or no's with Lenormand. Um, 
None of the methods I know are great with time, but I think Lenormand does it better than most. So let's ask that question. I'm going to ask, when will it be safe for social distancing to end in Virginia where I am? Keep in mind that free will is in play. So no matter what divination tool you use, people can choose something different. If you get a dire health warning, you can change your habits if you have a long enough timeline and change the outcome. So I would anticipate that this question wouldn't have a very high degree of accuracy because there are so many people with free will who can impact the outcome. So if 10,000 people don't practice social distancing, or if one infected and contagious person who works in a building with 4,000 who all use the same stairway or elevator is out there, that can create a big shift. But let's see what the cards say, shall we? Okay, I'm going to do uh, just a two card spread. So two cards give some relativity and I pull the cross and the ship. The cross is a six of clubs, which is air. And timing with the cross is tricky. It could be either extreme, so something really quick or something that requires patience. The ship, which is also the ten of spades, which is swords, is three. So three days, three weeks, three months. So with this one, I'm going to go with three months. There is um, way more to Lenormand than that. That was kind of an easy question. So let's use the same cards and ask a different made-up question. So this is not a real poll, so don't hold me to this. Um, let's say that I want to know where is a good place for my next vacation. So the ship is obviously a travel card. The sail is open, it wants to move, and it goes far. So this is not a trip across town. It's, we're talking foreign shores, or maybe even other universes, but our question provides context so we know that it's terrestrial we're not going out in space um, because the ship is about adventure and freedom we know there's a trip so it's not like it's telling me yes there is a trip so it's not like it's saying you know oh you want to go a trip plans are canceled um, so let's look at the cross actually the cross was pulled first so the order matters in Lenormand and the cross reminds us of the death and sacrifice of Jesus doesn't it of course, a cross is used in many cultures throughout time, but this one is uh, pretty prominent for our culture, isn't it? So the cross is burdens, trials, uh, obstacles, organized religion, dogma, spirituality, the occult. So this strongly suggests to me that my next vacation could be a pilgrimage or a volunteer vacation where I'm helping people who are suffering in some way. It doesn't look like a relaxing trip. It looks like it would be mentally and physically hard, but also spiritually rewarding. See how the same cards can mean such different things depending on the question? The first one was time, the second one was place, and we could have easily asked a how or what question, which would point to a skill or practice or direction or person, perhaps. This is almost always going to be more useful than a yes or no question, but actually Lenormand is probably the best resources, resource I've seen to deal with yes or no questions, except maybe the pendulum. For the most part, I'd avoid yes or no questions because they don't give you any power. It's like saying, I give up. Just tell me which way the wind is blowing and I'm not going to exercise any power over my life at all. And sometimes we don't want um, to have any power at all. Or maybe we just don't have any. And we want to just watch and see how the chips fall. But that's not usually the case. Uh, since I brought up the pendulum, here's how that works. This is another one like the oracle cards that anyone can learn pretty quickly. It just takes a few minutes. Uh, you need some type of device that has a string or chain or something um, with something on the end that's weighted so that it swings. Store a cell pendulum specifically for this purpose. A lot of times I have a crystal or like a metal, a copper, 
ball or something on the end of it or uh, a brass ball or something um, but you can literally use a string and a button tied to the end if you just want to try it out and you're just like ah, I'm not gonna buy a pendulum um, so pendulums are ancient tools that have been used for finding water or lost items that's what they use them popularly for and they're like dowsing rods um, or they could be for answering questions of your higher self while this is simple, it's also a bit tricky because you can intentionally or unintentionally influence the movement to get the answer that you want. So you're going to have to learn how to work with it um, for accuracy. There's a lot of rituals and complicated ways to use the pendulum. I'm going to give you the simple two-minute method. First thing you could do is get into a mindful presence. If you have a meditative practice, you can do that or just close your eyes, take a few deep centering breaths. And if you don't have an established mindfulness practice, you're going to have to work on being able to do that first because everything relies on this. If you're in your wide awake alert beta brainwave state, the answers are going to come from your intellect and you don't want that. If you wanted to know what your intellect thinks, you could just ask yourself a question without going through the trouble of getting a pendulum. The whole point is to go into your wise mind, that intuitive part of you that knows things that your intellect hasn't registered. It's the part that taps into the you beyond your body and beyond time. So once you've gotten into that state, connect with the pendulum. This might sound silly, but everything is energy and the two of you are working together. So you want to give gratitude, acknowledge it, ask it to work with you today, that type of thing. So whatever you do, and once you get a yes, now you're going to establish what you're yes and no look like. So you hold the pendulum string between your thumb and pointer finger and um, this reduces your ability to sway the answers whether consciously or unconsciously. And I do this by saying to the pendulum show me a yes response. And it's gonna uh, swing side to side or front to back. Then show me a no response and then that usually it's what's gonna happen it's gonna move in the opposite direction. And sometimes it will twirl in a circle clockwise or counterclockwise that's fine too. You just want to know which, what movement is a yes and which one is a no. If you don't get a clear yes and no, I would not ask questions right then. Try again later. Sometimes this happens. Maybe the moon is void, of course. Uh, Mercury's in retrograde, or there's a lot of scattered energy in the heavens. You know, I don't know. But you won't get useful answers at this time, so it's best to leave it until later. If all is a go, ask your questions. You might actually ask some test questions to start to make sure that you're getting reliable answers. Like, my name is Laura. If it says no, you know you're not in sync. Um, sometimes the pendulum is off. Just wait until you get at least three reliable answers to questions that you know the answers to before you ask questions that you want the answers to. This is a really easy, accessible divination method, but like anything, it doesn't work for everyone. I'm not sure why. It's definitely simple enough but some people are really able to connect with it and some aren't. So back to the cards. This time we're going to look at tarot cards. And tarot cards are really popular. They're created in the Middle Ages in Italy as a game. It evolved into a divination tool that became both more and more detailed and more uniform in meaning across decks. And today there are hundreds if not thousands of tarot card decks. Some are useful and some are just beautiful works of art or interesting works of art. Um, there is a logic and system to them. All the colors, symbols, numbers, and pictures create stories that reflect back aspects of yourself and your life. 
Tarot can tell you a lot of things, but I'm not good with picking out time or yes and no reliably with Tarot, so I'd use another tool for that, unless maybe you just, some people can't. Um, other than that, you can ask whatever you want. And tarot has an association with the occult, esoteric, and mystery school traditions, so I'd use it more for spiritual questions than mundane ones. Some people cleanse their deck, put them in special places, and don't let others handle them. They do rituals with them before they use them. I grew up on playing cards, so I did not learn this, um, but it's totally up to you. Since tarot is not fabulous for time, I will ask the cards um, for our sample question. How will the coronavirus impact my local community? Now, my intellectual mind can guess that there will be an economic hit with so many people out of work. I can guess that people will get sick and that the elderly will be hardest hit. So like with a pendulum, you have to get your intellectual mind out of it if you want the purest reading. Let your intuitive mind answer the question because it might you might just be surprised by the answer, okay? So my shovel didn't happen easily. I shuffled three times and the last one didn't want to come together. And these are the types of things you want to pay attention to. When the cards don't come together easily at all, it's a sign that it's not a great time to ask the question. Or maybe it, it's to rephrase the question. So you just have to feel that kind of thing out. Okay, I'm working with the Celtic Tarot deck and I pulled the Three of Shields inverted, the Page of Wands inverted, and the King of Shields. And Shields are pentacles, so with two shield cards I already know that the biggest emphasis is going to be on material, physical, or earthly things because shields are earth. So what I've got here is that people are stunned, they lack leadership and don't know what needs to be done, but leadership comes from the elders, the leaders that will help get things back on track again. It's the community that gets tired and lacks the hope or initiative to get going again. It has a feel of youthful inertia. So I hope that that's not what's in store for my local community, but let me show you how I got there. So this page of wands generally, um, I don't believe in reversals, but for today some reason it felt appropriate. I'm always, always an intuitive reader, dancer, therapist, speaker, whatever. My intuition leads, which is not always a good thing, but it's always true. And today it said read reversals, so I'm reading reversals. So the first thing that I see is this three of shields is three people standing in front of a carved standing stone. Two are to the right, one is on the left. They're workers, one has a scroll, the other one has carving tools, and there are three rays of light above. So it would appear to be a card... Um, that says hard work pays off because we have that three there and the shield card which has to do with money and work so earthly things it also has sun rays from above which indicates that the work is divinely blessed or perhaps the reward is not in money but in satisfaction or spiritual happiness however since inverted it's like a cloud is cast over it it's like the work either isn't very good isn't very satisfactory or some something that you know you don't want to do I pay more attention to the whole than the parts, so I generally focus on the big picture. And this will tell me whether to pay heed to this card being inverted or not. The Page of Wands is a fire card. She's a girl wearing an orange outfit, and a red dragon is wrapped around her. It's like they're one. She has a youthful exuberance, will, the potential to go, that is uncorrupted with power, money, and all of that. She is trust and potential but all that is cloaked in anxiety, indecision, and instability. And that wouldn't be all that positive, except that it's followed by the King of Shields. And the King is a ruler, a delegator, a protector of the earth. And we have a man on a heavy oak throne outside in the snow. He's wearing a green cape with a purple robe. A woman sits at his feet in bare 
feet in a brown simple gown and behind them are winter berries so we see many symbols of the element of earth fertility in the berries the oak is a sign of strength and when I open with gratitude to the elements, I often talk about the stability, strength, boundaries, and those types of things being of the earth. And that's what we have here, the king of all of that. So despite the lack of will and drive that's been shown in the first two cards, someone or someones with leadership and a backbone take the helm and make things happen to bring it all back together again. So starting to see it. You can actually do this with a walk in the woods. If you want to know how coronavirus will impact you, set that as your intention before you walk clear your mind let it stay open to possibilities and walk look for whatever pops out that's what the cards are they're symbols for what's inside we just can't see them because our lens is too cluttered when we use a divination tool we're just focusing on the lens and the symbols tell the story remember as above so below as within so without so everything is knowable because we're all one and there's nothing that isn't you there isn't anything that you can't know. You just have to find a way to tap into it. So if you want to know what's in, within, just look without. Okay, so let's do runes. Runes are at least 2,000 years old. The oldest uh, use that we found comes from Scandinavia, but they were also used in what is now the British Isles up to the Middle Ages, as well as Central Europe and Turkey. So basically anywhere the Vikings roamed, you could find runes. And runes are letters. They look like lines. To use them as a divination tool, you usually find one rune on a flat rock. It's it, not really rocks, but maybe kind of rockish. I don't know. They're flat. <laughs> they're different um, runic alphabets, so be sure that if you're looking at runes, you're, they're all of the same type. You can't mix and match. And the most common method for using them is to put them in a pouch or a bag. So you use the whole set. Um, clear your mind ask your question and pull out one rune. If it's a question that lends itself to a past, present, future interpretation, you can also pull out three. You lay them out face up in the order that you pulled them. And there is an up and a down, so just like I was talking about reversals, so this matters. Runes are a one and done type of reading. You can't ask the same question over and over, so make the most of it. Ask what you really want to know the first time. Uh, I want to give you a useful Corona question to show you what I mean since that is what's in the news right now, but um, I don't know what to ask that won't be really generic because if it's going to be general, apply to all of us, it's going to have to be generic. So how about what do we all need to keep in mind about this Corona outbreak? So I'm going to pick one room. I got Logos reversed. Logos is water, waves, river, the unconscious, life force, organic growth and initiation. It's collective dreaming emotions. And reverse, it, it's more like delays in these areas, emotional blockages, excessive daydreaming, escapism, passivity. So what we need to keep in mind during this corona outbreak is not to surrender to apathy, anxiety, escapism, and passivity. We need to keep it positive, stay attuned to others, and help out where we need it to stay productive and stay the course. Kind of get it? Let's do a three rune reading on what spiritual direction will we go as a culture after Corona. Now there's a design problem with this question because of how are we defining we. I'm um, sure that the answer isn't going to be the same for everyone. So we're going to zoom way out and say that we mean society as a whole. But most of us, um, so we're not talking about the minority. Like I say, I don't know if it's a legit question. 
but that's gonna where I'm gonna go for the sake of demonstration. So in the past I've gotten Ewa's uh, reversed and this is saying that our minds, bodies, and spirits are not well in sync before Corona. We were separate from ourselves and others. In the present position I got Ewa's and this is my favorite rune. It symbolizes the yew tree, the tree of immortality, so almost always going to be good. Unfortunately, it's reversed here. So it's indicating that we're in a state of confusion spiritually. There is all this talk of death around. And for some people, like the frontline workers and people in high population cities, actual death. It's creating an opportunity to get comfortable with death and die before we die, which is a gateway to transformation. In the future we have Algis, and this is the elk rune, so it's protection. It represents a successful outcome, optimism, an awakening of intuition, losing the fear of death, and either strengthening the connection with the divine or losing it. The loss of fear of death could send some into materialism and closing the door to the divine, and it could send some closer. So that's kind of the look at the runes. There's another divination tool from the Celts called the Oum. They look like runes, kind of. They're lines uh, that are carved into wooden pegs, usually, um, but there are many variations. And nowadays they're associated with the names of trees, but this may not have always been the case. And you use them the same ways as, as runes. You put them in a bag and pull them out. So let's do a sample reading. The question is, let's see, what else can I ask about Corona? So uh, what will the U.S. economy look like in June 2020? And I got Hawthorne, Blackthorn, and Heather. This oracle is great for nature lovers because as you learn it, you also learn about the trees. So the energy of the tree is also the answer to your question. Hawthorns are a portal to the other world, which is cool to know, but not really an important part of this question. So what else, or maybe it is, if, I, if it's like people are going to die, um, what else do we need to know about the Hawthorn? Uh, it forms barriers or obstacles. To overcome obstacles, we have to sacrifice something, which I think is more more in answering the question than the, a gateway to the other world. Um, we have to give something to get something. So another thing about Hawthorne is that the berries are used to regulate the heart. So we could say that we need to stay in the heart or be heart-centered uh, to move forward. Blackthorn tells us that this is going to be painful. Blackthorn tends to be negative when it shows up because the thorns are used as poison weapons. So this is amplifying what I just said. Tough times are ahead. Pain is ahead. It pays to pay, it pays to pay attention to warning signs and heed them. And Heather is a good way to end this because Heather's love, fertility, luck, and new growth. If Hawthorne is a portal to the other world, Heather is a doorway to the inner world. So this is saying that we're in for a hard time. Things are not going to be rebounding yet as of June. But it's an opportunity for innovation to arise, for us to go within and to perhaps find what is truly of value. Maybe it's our health, the environment, family relationships that we forge or renew during this social distancing phase. So you see this divination stuff is really useful. Um, we could do the tea leaves, throwing bones or cowrie shells, but I don't do those. So I can't really tell you too much about them. Um, they work the same way as clouds, though. You just have to learn to see the patterns and meanings within them. I've had a cowrie shell reading that was pretty detailed, so like I said before, it really depends on the reader. Scrying is a bit different than those. You just look into a reflective surface like water, a mirror, fire, or crystal ball, and learn to see things within it. Anything could be a good divination tool. 
And I'm going to talk about one more before I um, talk about the one that you can learn right now, and that's astrology. Astrology is an ancient science that anyone can use for getting big picture ideas like, you know, what's your sun sign? When people are asking you what's your sign, that's what they're talking about, your sun sign. And um, what is the sign of the full moon? So when we say that the moon is in Mercury, not Mercury, uh, Aries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be in Mercury, I guess. But the moon is in Aries. That's what we're talking about. Um, those are important things to know. The moon moves pretty fast, so knowing lunar astrology is pretty useful. Lots of people plant by the moon, as well as plan other things, like when to cut their hair, when to avoid surgery, and things like that. I cut my hair once at the wrong time, and I swear my hair stopped growing. It took like two years for my hair to grow out, and I will never again cut my hair without consulting the calendar. If you pay attention, there are lots of other people who do this too, because a hair salon is always jam-packed on days when hair grows best. So let's look at the astrology of the coronavirus. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I don't remember anyone saying, hey, a worldwide epidemic is heading our way. But now lots of astrologers are saying that the economic black swan was predicted by the January 12th Saturn-Pluto conjunct in Capricorn that rules economics and government. Astrologers are predicting drastically reduced air travel until July or longer as Jupiter, the planet that governs global travel, is grounded in Capricorn until December. Bad news, right? Um, I've definitely seen a lot of politics in astrology readings and some blame. For me, a useful reading confines itself to the sky, and a skillful reader is one who can look at the big picture and see how the intricate web connects and influences each other. I have a huge respect for astrology science. It's not something that I do um, because there's just so many small parts. I do big picture usually, not details, even though I have a grasp of webs. Pretty, pretty good grasp of webs. However, if you want to consult an astrologer, I would say check out Crystal Cosmopolitan on Facebook or Aquafortis Astrology. That's A-C-Q-U-A-F-O-R-T-I-S Astrology. Or Belinda Mond, M-A-U-N-D on Facebook. They're all really good. Um, we had that new moon in Aries yesterday. I'm a Pisces. I like Pisces energy, but a little goes a long way. Y'all have all heard about crazy Pisces, right? This Aries energy is going to feel like a breath of fresh air and mind us to go within and begin again. So take advantage of that. Okay, so the moment that you've all been waiting for, the divination practice that anyone can use. You don't need any tools. All you need is patience. There's lots of variations of this, so feel free to experiment. I'm going to give you a basic recipe and then you can embellish, play, do what you want, and see what you come up with. I really like this technique because even children can do it. With all these divination methods that rely on you asking someone else for the answer, you know, you're always at somebody else's mercy. It's a function of trust. You know, how good is the interpreter? What agenda do they have? What are their blind spots? What are their biases? Do you really know? Here you don't have to rely on anyone. It's about sovereignty, taking responsibility for your own wisdom. It's developing this tool for yourself. And modern animism isn't about what some dream or vision that God gave you to somebody who gave it to you. You know what I'm saying? This like blah, blah, blah. You got a direct pipeline is what I'm saying. It's about your own experience with spirit. It's not even really about belief, but about what you know. A lot of people have been asking me if I believe that Mother Earth is exacting her revenge through the coronavirus, and I absolutely do not believe that. Why? Because I speak with her. I have a relationship with her. 
the mother earth that i see in my dreams isn't human she doesn't have human needs or human emotions or fears she's not vengeful or punitive she responds if you use her up she can't renew herself but she doesn't send a typhoon in anger typhoons happen hurricanes happen so do tornadoes that's nature it's cyclical sometimes it's violent but it's not because we're bad it's just because that's what nature does to maintain balance and if you don't believe that I'm not saying that your relationship with Mother Earth is wrong or that you're wrong maybe you have a different experience and that's what this practice can show you so whatever you get test it it's like the pendulum if it proves useful keep it if it doesn't keep working with it until you get the hang of it if that never happens chuck it and look for a different technique there's nothing wrong with that we're all different and many things work we just have to find what works for us so here's what you do you set your intention for this I'm going to say that the intention is to know uh, what's going to happen to you with corona or maybe it's what will happen in your community with your job with your family and corona or you can phrase it however you want you can um, do it with more than one question but you need to do it over and over again so it's one question per session I guess so um, we start as we're falling asleep or just waking up and if you wake up in the middle of the night you can do it then too so since you're so close to sleep you want to make sure you don't actually fall asleep doing this sitting up can help um, with not falling asleep you may also keep a journal near your bed to write things down so that you don't lose what you get it took me a long time to do that piece and I would get these brilliant brilliant insights and just poof they would be gone because I'd be like oh I remember that and then I never do it, like years really so I'm telling you this right now you know keep the paper there it's gonna save you tons and tons of trouble because what's the point in getting all this insight and you just forget so begin by breathing deeply into your belly exhale and relax and repeat that until you have a smooth rhythm going and once you feel deep and relaxed let your breath breathe itself and bring your mind to your intention so you aren't laser focused on it it's just somewhere in the back of your mind just know that it's there when a thought or image comes to mind let your mind follow it so you're not trying to make anything happen but what can happen is that you create a liminal space between waking and sleeping between knowing and unknowing or what you know and you don't know so it's a doorway for information to come through from the other world or for the unconscious mostly you're just staying out of the way and allowing whatever happens to happen it could be a thought image or feeling a blob of red light a warm feeling in your stomach or even a smell whatever it is just let it be as it is now notice that the more space and attention that you give to it the more alive it becomes follow it let it unravel and give you the answer to your question it may not be clear it's probably symbolic so you'll have to tease it out or maybe it's perfectly clear but if it's not clear enough use the thoughts give me the answer in a clear language that I can understand your mind listens to you as well as talks to you and it can respond to your requests so once you've done it enough to trust it trust it that's your direct pipeline to spirit you can ask anything ask how to heal yourself ask how to heal your ancestors ask how to get a million dollars Ask to meet your spirit guides. Everything is possible. 
So this podcast episode came from a question someone asked me. It was, which divination practice do you rely on to tell you the truth about coronavirus? And after giving you all those possibilities, my answer is none of them. I have a lot of divination skills and I don't ask questions like that because I don't worry. I trust the universe. I trust that I'm having the experience that I'm meant to have. And if I don't like this experience, I have the free will to choose something else. Sometimes needing to know things is a way of escaping living. It's a way to stay safe and there is no safety. When you accept that, you can delay fear and anxiety because this moment has nothing to fear. I may actually speak to the earth or my spirit guides or someone in the spirit world to get more insight and share, to share and bring calm to others. But you all have the ability to do that for yourselves. And I don't think that my information is any more valuable or enlightening than what you can do for yourself. I'm always talking about sovereignty, so I'd much rather teach you to do it for yourself than to do it for you. That said, if you want us to do it for you, we do have a divination service on our website at www.pansociety.net. There's four readers there. They can help you with whatever you want. Ask whatever you want. Or you can just learn how to do it for yourself. So that's our show for this week. Stay safe, guys. Keep practicing social distancing and sending in your questions. If you want to join the conversation, check out our Facebook group. We're also on Instagram and Twitter if you prefer those platforms. You can also send me an email at laura at pansatati.net. Tell me what you love, what you want more of. I'm Laura Giles. I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.